You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Gap band, baby. I feel like this should be behind some sort of montage. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Like in a, a really old school gym. Oh, yeah. Throwing like medicine balls against yep. the wall. Training for some sort of big event. Mm-hmm. Yep. Song uh, also features in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or you could just, you know, do Grand Theft Auto things. Yeah. Steal cars. Sure. I don't want to get into the rest of it, but okay. the other debaucherous things you can get up to. Uh, we're live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Bottom of the hour, Connor McGahee, Colorado Avalanche play-by-play voice for Altitude Sports. Uh, he's also the PA guy at the Broncos games. We'll talk to him about that. Still taking your text messages at 960-960. I think we'll... We'll get the help from our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot, Texty McTexterson. Um, the Flames will win in Vegas when blank. The Flames will win in Vegas when blank. But right now, he is the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960 on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Derek Wells. Derek, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Good. Uh, I've been I've been pumping it up all show that you're going to give us a positive spin <laughs> on last night's game. I don't want to be negative. It's a little chilly out, but it's Friday. I want to be positive on a Friday. Give me some positives from last night's game, Derek. Well, for the first time in eight tries in six seasons since the Golden Knights came into the NHL, the Flames picked up a point at T-Mobile Arena. That's a positive. So that's a positive. Yep. Uh, back-to-back multi-point games for Jacob Peltier, the first two two-point games of his NHL career. And... I don't know about you guys. I think he might have been the Flames' best player last night. That's a positive. He's getting better and better and better. He's exciting to watch. That's a positive. Uh, the Flames switched up their power play units after starting uh, that game against the Coyotes 0-1. for They went back to their old first unit. Uh, they scored a season-high three power play goals in that 6-3 win on Wednesday. And then they got another one. And their power play was dangerous all night last night against the Golden Knights. And uh, they scored a goal uh, in that uh, 4-3 overtime loss. So the power play is trending in the right direction. Other than making a bad decision and a bad change in overtime, Michael Backlund continues to play the best hockey of his career. He had another two points last night. That's a positive. Plenty of positives, guys. Yeah, it just, it feels like I'm watching a different movie every time they play but there's almost always the same ending, <laughs> right? It's like, I haven't seen this movie before. And then you get to the end, you're like, oh, it ended just it, like the last movie. It, it's like one of those 70s movies that have like a really terrible ending. Like it's one of those like very dark 70s style sci-fi movies that have like really bad, dark endings. That's that's what I feel like the Flames. Like, oh, this is pretty good. And then it really ends horribly for the Calgary Flames. That's what well, I I'm proud to say like I've never night. seen a 1970s sci-fi movie, so I... Uh, oh, there's so many out there that, but that you yeah, I'm watch. sure there are. I'll yeah. never watch one, No, that's ever. fine, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, they all ended, <laughs> they all ended dark, uh, yeah. Derek. A lot of dark of those movies. Um, I've, been, I've been hammering home this point all morning. I want to get your thoughts on it. None of us saw goaltending would be the biggest issue for the Calgary Flames with 20-some-odd games left, but uh, the numbers don't lie. The Flames, uh, 28th in team save percentage, at 888, Oof. and they've given up the second fewest shots in the league. Uh, chemistry was a big talking point heading into the season. Uh, what's the blue line going to look like? But Derek, as a whole, 
goaltending's been the biggest problem with this team the entire season, has it not? It has been. Uh, there's no denying that, uh, and it's stunning. It really is. Think about last season and Jacob Markstrom being arguably the best goaltender in the game, finished second Igor Shosturkin in Vesna Trophy voting, led the league with nine shutouts. Dan Vladar in his first full season as an NHLer, uh, had two shutouts and was a really good backup. I thought the Flames might have the best goaltending tandem in the league this season. And that has not happened. And even last night, I'm not pinning the loss on Dan Vladar, but there was at least one goal he should have had, oh, maybe yeah. two. And he's playing too deep in his net right now. I mean, he got back-to-back -back starts. What an opportunity for Dan Vladar. Last night was the first time all season I looked at the Flames' two goaltenders, and we, we talked about it on the pregame show. We talked about it throughout the broadcast, and we talked about it again on the postgame show. This is uh, a 1A, 1B now. That, that's where we're at. And Daryl Sutter said as much in his postgame comments last night that basically it's win and you're in, which is why he went to Dan Vladar on the front half and the back half of a back-to-back which uh, rarely happens with a, a guy who is supposed to be your number two goaltender when your number one goaltender is physically healthy. So that, that was really interesting last night that they went to Dan Vladar because they had every excuse to go to Jacob Markstrom, with it being the second half of a back-to-back. -back. I know they beat the Coyotes, but Vladar did give up three goals and 14 shots, and I don't think he was great in that game. Made a couple of key saves at important times, but uh, certainly didn't have his A game on Wednesday night. And then the same can be said last night. Both goaltenders have to be better. And as uh, Pat and Peter and I talked about on the postgame show, they've got 23 games left, guys. It can't remain a 1A, 1B. If the Flames are going to get to the playoffs, one of these two guys, Jacob or Dan, is going to have to grab the number one job again. It has to happen. If it doesn't, I don't like their chances to get in, but that's been a problem. And something that I was thinking about on the drive home last night, it goes back to the last time I was actually on the road to cover a game, which was a preseason game in Winnipeg versus the Jets prior to the start of last season. And I had a great chat with Ryan Huska. And I asked him, how do you want the team to defend? And his answer was really interesting, and it's stuck with me ever since. He said, I don't want the team to defend. I want the team to check. So basically that's you know playing on your toes and not on your heels. And instead of playing a, a zone defense, playing a man-to-man -man defense, trying to kill plays so you can get the puck back. Possession has not been a problem for the Flames this season. They're the second best possession team in the league behind only the Hurricanes. They have the puck a lot. They outshoot their opponents almost always, and quite often by a large margin. That's not an issue. The problem is, when they give up a chance, it tends to be a good one. And that's when you need your goaltender to make a save. And the goalies haven't made enough saves. They've given up too many grade-A chances in comparison to the number of shots that they've surrendered. So that's been a problem defensively. And then offensively, look at the last two nights, guys. They could have been up by three goals at mm -hmm. the end of the first period against the Coyotes, and the same can be said against the Golden Knights. Instead, it's a one-goal game, and you let that team hang around. Coyotes ended up scoring three to take a 3-1 lead, and thankfully the Flames battled back to win 6-3 Wednesday, but 
Last night, you're playing against a better team. You're playing against the Pacific Division and Western Conference leading Golden Knights. You let them hang around after you absolutely run their show and play the best period you've ever played at T-Mobile Arena, and it's a one-goal game. And they battle back and win, and that, that's just happened too often this season, fellas. Well, you, I can't disagree with you there, but I did want to ask about you, uh, ask you about Jacob Peltier and just the the kind of lengths that he's gone, the 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 improvements that we've seen in his uh, short time with the Flames with the big club. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I think we were all getting impatient. Um, some of us more than others, uh, waiting for him to get called up. He was having a really good season with the Calgary Wranglers, and then he gets called up, and okay, well, we want to see him play, right? And that took a couple of weeks, and uh, that became uh, a big topic, talking point. But as Daryl Sutter's talked about, there's a process here. There's a process uh, from when you get drafted. Uh, you've got to develop at lower levels, whether that means staying in junior or college or you know, starting in the ECHL or the AHL. So, you know, Jacob went uh, through a year plus, uh, first with the Stockton Heat and then with the Calgary Wranglers and, you know, learned how to be a pro at that level. And you get called up and, well, okay, now you got to practice. And now you got to learn what it's like to be around an NHL team. Uh, this is an everyday league, as people like to say. And, you know, he uh, had to go through that part of the process, which took a, a lot longer than a lot of fans would have liked. But then he gets in and... He has not looked out of place, not one bit. As a matter of fact, there have been you know, two or three games where I would say he was one of their top two or three forwards. And last night was one of those games for me. And he, he has such a high hockey IQ. Uh, normally for young, inexperienced players, uh, they're not great with the subtleties of the game. Jacob Peltier, <laughs> he is. I mean, he almost always makes the right decision with the puck. And uh, you can tell he's playing with some more confidence right now, uh, has uh, learned what he can do and what he can't do. And now he's trying to do a little bit more when the time is right. And it, it's good to see him get rewarded because those goals, assistant points do matter. Uh, they help your confidence. And, you know, he's played two really good games in a row. He's been rewarded with uh, a goal and an assist in both of those games. And he's a really exciting player. And, you know, uh, some people put a glass ceiling on him saying, I think he's going to be a second or third line guy. I thought that was probably going to be the case as well. I think we should uh, remove that glass ceiling. I think this guy has the potential to, to be a top six player and a good one in this league. Uh, when you can skate like he can, when you have a high hockey IQ like he has, I think the sky's the limit. He, he's off to a great start in his NHL career. And I give the coaching staff credit. Uh, it's a conversation we had about Matthew Phillips when he got called up. Some guys can go from being a top six guy in the AHL to a bottom six guy in the NHL. I don't think Matthew Phillips is one of those guys. I think he has to be at least in the top nine to be put in a position to succeed. The great thing about Jacob Pelche is I think he could play on any of the Flames' four lines and be an impactful player. Mm. And, and that's kind of a rare quality, especially in a young player. So if the Flames do go out and make a, a move between now and March 3rd to bring in a top six or a top nine winger, and he gets pushed down, uh, and he's making a pretty strong case for the Flames not to do that. But if they do it, I, I still think that he can play an effective role on their fourth line and potentially even get some power play time doing that because I think he's been one of their best guys in the power play of late. So... Guys, uh, I know there's been some negatives, but uh, he's been a huge positive for the Flames, don't you think? Yep, I think he has been, for sure, one of the bright spots of the recent play uh, as things have kind of progressed here lately. 
Um, next time we talk, he's probably going to be the trade deadline day. And the way I see it, the Flames have a handful of options. They could maybe try and package some of their maybe top four A prospects or a first-round, second-round pick to make a big swing. They could maybe package a middle-level prospect like a Rizichka or Phillips and a a mid-round pick, try and take a smaller swing. They could maybe try and move out some UFAs, be a little bit of a a, a slight seller with a Lewis or a Lucic maybe. Or they could maybe look at some of their guys that have expiring term, uh, that have expiring contracts after next season and really sell. How do you see the next week impacting what the Flames do ahead of March 3rd? Well, it's going to be a tough week, guys. I mean, a bit of a murderer's row for the Flames here. They play the Pacific Division and Western Conference leading in seventh overall Golden Knights last night. They're now sixth overall after picking up two points. Uh, and now you, you go to Denver to take on the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche tomorrow night. And then you return home to take on the Atlantic Division, Eastern Conference, and National Hockey League leading Bruins who are running away with the President's Trophy and making trades left and right and clearly chasing another Stanley Cup. You take them on in game one of your homestand. And then you play the fourth overall Maple Leafs, who are clearly trying to get out of the Atlantic Division this season, and they've made a couple of moves, and and they're going to be a tough team to play against. So uh, those are the games remaining for the Flames between now and the trade deadline. Uh, As I said, going into last night's game, if you can get four of a possible eight points out of the four games prior to the deadline, I think you set yourself up for success. So the Flames have 23 games remaining. Twelve of them are against teams that are currently out of a Stanley Cup playoff position. You're going to have to win the vast majority of those games. So if the Flames can get through the next three games and they can pick up uh, another three points, then I think they're going to be in pretty good shape when you look at the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. The crazy thing is they actually inched a little bit closer to a playoff spot, at least points-wise, last night. Uh, The Avalanche didn't play. Flames picked up a point. Uh, The Wild picked up two to move up into third place in the Central Division dropping the avalanche down into the second wildcard spot. But Colorado has four games in hand on Calgary, so that's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. But, you know, the Kraken lost a tough one to the Bruins, so the Flames are only four points behind them now with the same number of games played. So uh, I still think the Flames have a chance to catch the Kraken, Uh, They don't play them again, so they're going to have to just take care of their own business and hope that uh, things go their way on the out-of-town scoreboard. I still think they have a chance to catch the Kings. Right now, they're six points back, but they've got two head-to-head meetings coming up. So what they're going to do, Matt, I wouldn't take a big swing. I certainly wouldn't sell. I just don't think this team is in a position to do that. I'm probably still leaning by but I'm just leaning that way. I felt really strongly about it a few weeks ago because I, I really thought the Flames would turn things around more so than they have. I, I feel less strongly about it now. But when I look at the Pacific Division and the Western Conference, guys, I literally don't see one team that really frightens me. So it's wide open in the West, unlike the East, where, God, just getting out of the Atlantic Division is going to be incredibly tough. And two of the best teams in the league aren't going to get to the third round. We already know that. So... Uh, I still think the Flames are built to be a a better playoff team than a regular season team, but the goaltending's got to straighten itself out, and uh, they've got to start winning games here. So uh, I don't know how much the next three games will impact the Flames as we approach the trade deadline, unless they go 3-0 or 0-3. I'm not sure their approach changes all that much. I'd still like to see them add a 
top six right shot, right winger who can score with relative ease and help their power play and probably a depth defenseman with Michael Stone. Michael Stone out. So that's how I would approach it. Uh, you guys see it the same or differently? Yeah. Uh, again, I, I, I've been saying that they need a, a top six winger for a while and obviously help on the blue line would help. But again, if you can't get a save, it's all moot points because yeah. uh, last night you talked about that second goal, an absolute killer that just can't go in. If that doesn't go in, who knows how that game shakes out. And if they just get average goaltending this season, Derek, it's all they need. Like, but for the rest of the season. But if they if yeah. they if they if they even had average goaltending this season, they're firmly entrenched, I believe, in a playoff spot. But that that's dem to breaks, as they say for this Calgary Flames team. Uh, great stuff. I'm glad you were positive for us this morning. What <laughs> I was looking for some positivity on a cold Friday. Yeah, and you know what, guys? If the Flames beat the Avalanche tomorrow night, and they've got a chance to do it, Kale McCarr will not play. He's one of the best players in this league. He's been in concussion protocol twice in the last two weeks. I hope he's okay because he is so much fun to watch, but uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not uh, overly upset. The Flames won't have to go head-to-head with him tomorrow night in Denver. It's also the second half of a back-to-back for the Avalanche. Yeah. The Flames are going to be sitting in Denver waiting for them. So if the Flames can win tomorrow night at Ball Arena, they're going to come home with five of a possible six points on this See? three-game road trip. Positive. You take that every time. I that like is it. positive. It is. So find a way to win. And then if you can get a split against the, the Bruins and the Maple Leafs, then you're in pretty good shape heading to the deadline. And uh, you got a chance to get to the playoffs. And I still really strongly believe if this team gets in, they're going to be a tough out. Got to get there, though. All right. Uh, Derek Wills, the voice of the Flames on Sportsnet 960. Always great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, NHL trade deadline coverage on Sportsnet 960 is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. I don't know why that makes me laugh every time. Every time. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. 23 games left for the Calgary Flames. Okay. 10 of them are proverbial four-pointers. Colorado. You got Minnesota. I, I don't Dallas. I, I'm not the LA. two teams I have my eye on are Minnesota and Seattle. For the Flames in the playoff spot. That's the two teams L- I'm focusing on. I would throw L.A. in there, sure. too. They're six points back of the Kings. They played the same amount of games. I think Seattle will fade. I I am not a believer in the Kraken. They can't get a save either. Their goaltending has been abysmal this season, too. But I Seattle and Minnesota are the two teams I have my eye on that Flames fans should be scoreboard watching every night. The Avalanche will figure out. I believe they'll figure out, and I believe they'll do something at the deadline. And we can ask Connor McGahee about that straight ahead. Uh, Flames play the Wild twice and the Kings twice. No more games against the Kraken. Right. For what it's worth. And thank, uh, thanks to the Boston Bruins winning that Wild one 6-5 last night in regulation. Jake DeBrusque with the late tally. Yeah. 90 seconds to go. Out of B. Suck on that Kraken. But now you got to beat the Boston Bruins to make it worth anything. And, which n- is and they're beefed super- up with Orloff. And that, oh, and Garnet. Yeah. Just, yeah, great. Rolling no into town next week. No problem, guys. Connor McGahee, Colorado Avalanche, play-by-play for Altitude Sports, does uh, Denver Broncos PA. We'll talk to him. And we'll wrap up the show for the week. It's been a long one. Uh, with uh, the text line, okay. the Flames. Yeah. Uh, they'll win in Vegas when blank. blank. The Flames will win in Vegas when blank. 
We'll do that with Texty McTexters and Big Show Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. Hey, it's the big show. Russick and Rose. Music dies. I don't know what the the hell. It's all right. It happens. The end. I was really looking forward to Dire Straits. Really yeah. needed that music so I could finish my snack. Yeah, there. I don't think we're playing the full version of that Dire Straits. Oh, no, no. Song. It was the edit version for sure. It, yes. it didn't do the, I want my yeah. The part no, of the song. Keep with the going. No, yeah, keep no, no. going. Yeah, no, no. That, that, part no, 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 no. that part's not in it. Had to Negative. do it again. I like that part. I want my MTV. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. It's it. Don't try to play it. It's done. over. It's done. It's done. Alex, the music's Moving done. Moving on. <laughs> Friday. You know what the best thing is? We just had somebody from uh, the technical side, an engineer <laughs> in the studio. Literally, he just walked out, and then things just went awry. I bet it was his fault. We probably made him angry. Yeah, probably. Um, it is the big show, Russell and Rose Sports at 960. The fan. Uh, it's a Friday. We're live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. We'll wrap up the week with Texty McTexterson yeah. asking the question, the Flames will win in Vegas when? Blank. The Flames will win in Vegas when blank. 960, 960 name and location. But right now, he is the voice of the Avalanche on Altitude Sports. He also does some Broncos PA on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. guest hotline. We say good morning to Connor McGahee. Connor, how are you? Eat your heart out, Mark Knopfler. That was <laughs> All right, damn right. That's a good pull. Connor McGahee gets it. That's a good pull. Um, Connor, it's a little brisk oh, in Calgary man. this morning. It's a little fresh. Uh, it's it's minus 40 degrees Celsius with the wind chill. Um, what's the temperature like in Winnipeg where you are? Yeah, I, I we're, we're about the same. Uh, okay. Let's see if I do some quick math. I, I apologize for my Fahrenheit to... Uh, to Celsius. So if we're if we're eighteen under par at uh, at Fahrenheit with uh, without the wind chill, then uh, we're winning the Masters with wind chill for sure here in Winnipeg. It <laughs> okay. is. Uh, it's all, I can't even see on my hotel window, boys. Like the frost is just covered the window. Like I, now, I can't see outside. I think it's, it's only minus. It's only yeah. minus twenty eight degrees Celsius, which is what we had yesterday. I think. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's fresh. Okay. All right. Connor is so, so heat wave. Let's put on our grass skirts and yeah. do the hula. Yeah. Um, Connor, is Winnipeg yeah. number one or number two on your favorite cities to visit in the NHL? Jeez. Well, num- number one overall. 100%. Okay. I mean, I you know it's just just a, a destination. I, I look. We we have suffered this before at altitude sports. Kyle Keefe stood at the intersection of Portage and Maine mm. uh, with with a nose that would make uh, Rudolph blush and basically <laughs> called it a death sentence to stand there. And he, I don't think he's welcome back in the, uh, in the city of Winnipeg anymore. I don't want to <laughs> suffer the same fate. I do like the Jets guys. It's a good building. It's uh it's just always cold. No matter, no matter when you come, <laughs> it just yeah. always is. So I'm trying to be nice. Yeah. It's just never, it's never. And you live cold. in Denver. Like, and you're saying it's always cold yeah. in Winnipeg. It's not like you're from a balmy, sunny destination. <laughs> you live in Denver, and you're saying yeah, how cold it is in I don't Winnipeg. Live in Palm Beach, right. Yeah, exactly. 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 I don't live in Palm Beach. I live in, I grew up at 10,000 feet in the Colorado mountains, and this is, this is cold. Yeah, yeah. it is, uh, it's breezy. 
Cold outside in Winnipeg, but I bet you're hoping for a bit of a barn burner inside between the Avalanche and the Jets tonight. That's a big Central Division well, clash. That was okay, Matt. Wasn't my nice best work. Segue, by the way. Thank that you. Was, that was professional radio. I'll right do there. a little bow. There you go. Professional yeah. radio work. Yeah. No, I know how it goes. Uh, well, it better be better than the last time that the Avalanche were here because they were here on November 29th and they got uh, blanked five five Cobb. So, uh, but I, I think they're in a better spot now. Winnipeg is uh, coming off a road trip where they didn't do great. They only won the one game at the uh, at the New York Rangers. And um, I always wonder if it's that old cliche, the first game back from a long road trip uh, is, is the rust on the wheels. But I, I'm not convinced, fellas, because Connor Hellebuck just seems to be more Connor Hellebuck than normal. Hmm. And uh, that terrifies me. And, and Josh Morrissey is, is feeling it. Remember, you don't have uh, Cam McCarr uh, in the game tonight or tomorrow versus the Flames at home. So, uh, so obviously, that's a big, the big factor, I think, that sort of tilts the way of, uh, of the Winnipeg Jets. But uh, if anyone has anything to say about it, it's going to be Nathan McKinnon, who's just been uh, on an absolute tear the past week. And second star of the week in the NHL last week. And, we, we had Nico Rantanen putting the team on his shoulders earlier in the season. Uh, Nico's still third in the NHL and goal scored, but uh, lately it's been uh, McKinnon. And uh, the, the Avs are in an absurd stretch of a schedule where they are six games in a row. They're all back-to-backs, home and home. And the Avalanche have gotten points uh, in every single one so far. Uh, all of them have been wins, with the exception of uh, a home uh, shootout loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, uh, I'm hoping for a better one tonight uh, in Winnipeg than the last time we were here. Uh, Connor, how concerning is this on-again, off-again concussion protocol going on with Kale McCarr? Well, uh, unfortunately, I've seen this movie before with Bo Byram. And, uh, I mean, it honestly, it, it was a couple years for him. I mean, if if we all saw what happened to Sidney Crosby, you know, it, it was sort of the same type thing where it was it was a two three year span before everything went away. But um, I think that the protocol is what it is for a reason. I do think that there is a, a ton of science behind it, and when you talk to medical professionals, um, it, it's in a spot where you can assess how the brain is with the, with the skull and and what I'd allow a player to to miss the appropriate amount of time to, to heal up and, and hopefully not be back in a, a place where it endangers your future. Now, now, the good news is, is that when we left, Kale McCarr had been on the ice for two days. Um, yesterday was on the, or excuse me, two days ago was on the ice actually with Gabe Landeskog, who's finally skating for the first time this year. So um, anytime you're on the ice, even when it's not with the group, that's a good sign. So uh, I know it's back to back and everyone gets nervous about that, but uh, if you're passing those baseline concussion symptom tests every day, which you have to to do any activity, um, that's always a good thing. Uh, Kale reacted the day after both of those uh, those incidents, both with Jeff Carter and then with uh, Alexei Torbchenko with the Blues. And so everyone everyone's different when it comes to that. Some guys right away they they know that uh, something's not right, and and some people it takes a couple days. So uh, I'm not too worried. Um, I think that everybody in that room medically and Kale McCarr uh, are going to balance this the, the, the way that it should be balanced. 
When I look up front at this group, and, and all the chatter right now is about the NHL's trade deadline, I really did feel like the Avalanche are going to be a team to target that second-line center position. And as we get closer to the deadline, a lot of names are coming off the board. Bo Horvat off the board, Ryan O'Reilly off the board, Jonathan Taves with his medical issue off the board, Sean Monaghan hurt if you wanted to go down that route. Who's maybe on the wish list for Avalanche fans as far as players that could come in and fill that hole? Or is that seen as such a need still? Well, I think that, I mean, and we talked about this a month or so ago when I was on the show, and it was... It, it, it's sort of been by a committee that's worked, um, whether it's been JT Comfer or Alex Newhook on, on different nights who have come in and really done that job. The approach has been something from the coaching staff that you don't really notice that there's a big hole there. And um, are you missing the offense in total from Nazem Kadri and Andre Burakovsky last year? Of course you are. You've, you've needed your, your superstars to step up and, and fill that void. But I, it's not like you walk away every night and say, boy, if we just had that number two center, I mean, do we be right there? You, you walk away with a different hero every night. And the other night, JT Comper stepped in there. He had four points, which tied his career high. He won all the big face-offs that needed to be won, um, you know, for the Avalanche to win that game in overtime over the Edmonton Oilers, including uh, to get it to Nico Ranson and for the game winner. And, you know, so he has a big night there. Alex Newhook, uh, you go back a week and a half ago, he's got a three-point night there. Uh, I I know that Evan Rodriguez is uh, a little bit cooled off at the moment, but you can throw him into that conversation. I just think it's forward depth in general, not necessarily looking for a a two-C. And and I would also add that, you know, with with Kale McCarr out, Eric Johnson – a broken ankle, uh, the Avalanche are just going to be looking for help at all positions. Um, I, I, I think outside of goaltending because Pavel French should be back yeah. uh, in, t- in enough time to, uh, to, to give the abs a rest. But I, I think that Chris McFarland, and he said this in so many words to Pierre Lebrun yesterday, he said, you know, we're going to be looking at just, just positions in general. And we don't, we, we're not going to narrow our gaze so much that limits us to just looking for sentiment. So that's how they've approached it so far. The Avalanche have never been a rental team. They yeah. always acquire players with term that they can make a part of the organization for a long time. I expect them to continue with that modus operandi. Well, and, and when you look at it, I wonder what could be on the way out. Joe Sackick has lost, has used a lot of his draft stock already, acquiring guys like Manson and like Lekkinen. They have their next three first-round picks. They've got one first-round prospect in the system, but who could you see as maybe some of the, the, the trade chips that they could use? Well, that's the tough part, too, is, is how do you take advantage of your championship window, and then how do you not turn into – a team that they were in sixteen seventeen, and frankly, yeah. the team that they were from pretty much two thousand nine until two thousand seventeen. I mean, they made the playoffs twice only in that span. Lost in the first round um, in uh, in each of those instances to San Jose and then to Minnesota. So, I mean, that version of the Avalanche is still fresh in their minds, and so they know that the cupboard is pretty bare, and um, they don't. <laughs> It, that's the great balancing act between Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland is you have to be an organization that, that can make the playoffs every year, make the push every year, but at the same time has, 
has a system that keeps uh, providing players when you're up against the cap because you're paying superstars like Nathan McKinnon, 12 and a half, Nico Ransom, nine and a half, Kale McCarr, nine and a half, Gabe Landeskog, you know, is up there as well. You run out of money. So you can't just be paying and trading for players all the time. You do need some of those young guys who are talented who can be on those entry level deals to come in and help balance you out. And so that's why I'm not sure how much they'd be willing to part with uh, at this point, uh, especially with the injury luck that the Avalanche have had this year. You know, at some point you may have to sit back and be like, you know what? Last year when we won the cup, everything went our way, all the bounces, we had all the health. And this year has just not been the case. Do you mortgage the future for a year where the tea leaves say that, that you're not getting all the breaks that you got last year? So those are the mature adult decisions that I probably would not be able to make, but Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland probably can. Connor McGahee, uh, the voice of the Avalanche on Altitude Sports, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show Russick and Rose Sports at 960 to fan. You also do some work with the Denver Broncos, and we just want to ask you quickly about that. Hired a new defensive coordinator yesterday with Vance Joseph. Obviously, Sean Payton now on the sidelines as the head coach of the team. Uh, obviously, last year was a just bitter disappointment for Broncos fans in the play of Russell Wilson. Are people in Denver optimistic, cautiously optimistic right now, Connor? Well, I think they have to be cautiously because at this point last year, everyone said, you know, is it Russell Wilson's coming in? All we needed was a quarterback, run our way to the playoffs and then the Super Bowl. And then that didn't exactly work out as planned because you had a first-time head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, and uh, and the optimism faded very quickly. Um but I think the difference with Broncos fans now is that you see a guy who uh, has had success, who runs one of the best and most efficient offenses in the National Football League really over the past 15 years, and, and a guy who can, who can run a ship. And I think that was, with all of Hackett's talents, he wasn't able to be um, a CEO, and that's more what Sean Payton is, and mentioned the defensive coordinator, former Broncos head coach of Vance Joseph coming back, which I think surprised a lot of people. But um, but I think fans uh, don't have any choice but to, to trust Sean Payton at this point because they didn't have anywhere to put their trust uh, pretty much game five on last year, and now they they need to put their hope somewhere. So it's not Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's, uh, it's Sean Payton... Uh, and I think that his decisions are going to be good ones. And it's, it may be like turning an aircraft carrier for a couple of seasons because you have to completely rebuild the offensive line, which is probably the worst in the National Football League. You have to make decisions on your key players like Jerry Judy. Does he stick around or do you get assets for him? Same thing with Justin Simmons, who's your team captain on defense. But these are guys who have, who are, who have never been in the playoffs. And good players, but at what point do you maybe extend this rebuild out a little bit more and make up for lost time? And uh, so that's where George Payton, the GM, and Sean Payton, the head coach, and Peyton Manning, who's involved <laughs> in decision-making for the team have to get together. Uh, the Paytons, it sounds like a new show coming this fall to CBS <laughs> and, uh, and decide what, uh, what the future is. Starring Kevin James. All right, sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Peyton. 
starring Kevin James. <laughs> oh, directed by? Yeah. Anyhow. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it may not be this season. I don't think – I think Broncos fans have finally gotten to the point where they, they, they can put their gaze long-term instead of short-term. Connor McGahee, Avalanche play-by-play voice for Altitude Sports. Uh, Connor, try to say relatively warm in Winnipeg, I guess. Well, the good news is, is I don't really have to go outside. You know, okay. we're connected by the tunnels, so I'm. Uh, you know, that's so things are looking up. I hear that's a good way to enjoy Winnipeg. The tunnels of Winnipeg, yeah. The 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 vast tunneling system of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, Con- be my memoirs, the yeah. tunnels of Winnipeg, <laughs> by Connor McGahee, forwarded by Kevin James. <laughs> Connor, uh, great stuff. We'll do it again soon. You guys are the best. Appreciate you. All right, thanks, Connor. Um, NHL trade deadline coverage on Sports at 960 is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same secret recipe since it's secret 1974. Uh, no, it's 75. Come on, man. <laughs> How many times have you heard me read that? Well, I was so close. 74? No, 75. Well, I don't know. It's you're just so hung up on secret. You forgot the year. Yeah, you did. Uh-huh. Thanks, marijuana and alcohol. Dining at 6060 <laughs> Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. All right, Sounds like a good c- night. Yeah, we got we got a couple uh got a couple minutes to go. I'm here. also infused with cannabis. Yes. Um got a couple minutes to go here. We've asked the text line 96960. Um Yeah. Okay, I got we got it. Uh <laughs> Go back and listen to our show uh, after the beer league game, the first segment. Uh, ideally, it's, it's Matt's classic. And another thing, it's the Roser part. Okay, so nine sixty nine sixty. We asked you: the Flames will win in Vegas when blank. The Flames will win in Vegas when blank. Oh, texty McTexterson, our Sportsnet nine sixty, the fan text reading robot. How many does he have for us, Patrick? We got eight. Eight? Yeah. Oh my. I don't think we'll get to all eight, but let's get to a couple. They're all let's short. They're all okay. short. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Travis in Calgary. The Flames will win in Vegas when Backlund figures out he's in OT and not a preseason game. Hashtag change. Hashtag be better. Okay. A little harsh, but. Hard to disagree with any of that. Nothing quite like a hashtag be better. Yeah. Yeah. That's hmm. hashtag yep. change. Okay. Carlito in Calgary. Flames will win their next game in this year's first round of the playoffs. Ooh. That's optimistic. There you That's go. That's a positive one. I like it. Was that number Derek's number or no? Or is uh, that Carlito? It's Carlito. Okay. I like because again, I love Derek's positivity. Carlito. Right? Yeah. Brad in Brooks. When Gary Bettman lets the Quebec Nordiques back in the NHL. Mm. Oh. I feel like that's, that's never, never I think we're happen. away, with, hey, ways away from that. Hey, why don't you suckers build a new rank that's never going to have an NHL team? Big okay. building, too. Okay. <laughs> Do I want to? Yes. Sure. All right, more? Gene more. in Mackenzie Town. Flames will win in Vegas when experienced players learn when to do a line change. Oh. Again, not wrong. They've been so bad at it this year. Yeah. 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 Which is weird. How? A veteran team? Just yeah. get off the ice. Yeah. Dan from Black Diamond. Yep. The Flames will win in Vegas when we colonize Pluto. Okay, well. You know, it still has not made a, a full trip around the sun since its discovery. Really? Yeah. And it's not it's That's not, not a even, planet. It's That's not a even a planet Pluto anymore. Fact. It's now considered a dwarf planet. It's a dwarf planet and is yeah. yet to complete a full cycle around the sun. Hmm. Pick 
pick it up. Okay. Pick it up, Pluto. Pick it up, Pluto. Damn it. Get the lead out, bud. All right. Anthony in Rocky Ridge. When the Knight's E-Bug has to use his E-Bug. When the Knight's E-Bug has to use his E-Bug. Okay. Oh, bad news Jordan. in Vegas. Okay. We get to that point. Yeah. What are you calling up a crap stealer? Might be. Might Jordan in Bennington. Flames will win in Vegas when my wife and I have another kid. Oh. I got a vasectomy, so never. Oh, wow. They're not 100% foolproof there. No. There's, There's many PS, instances. A little PSA from George for you. It's ya. true. All right. Last what, one. Okay. Steve and Cedar Bray. The Flames will win in Vegas when the goaltenders can find the craps to the table and not on the ice. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, you should have mixed in a couple ones where, like, um, I'll be working a full work week, which I thought were really There's funny. a lot of them. Like this yeah. one. The Flames will win in Vegas when the morning show does a full work, oh, full week of word. That from Brad. Um, that was smooth at the end of the week, by the way. Oh, thank you, man. I, I think it's time to get out of here. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, that's it for us. There you go. The flames will win in Vegas when George shows up to work for five days straight. That Uh, from Matt Cowtown in the cold. Listen, I'm, uh, I'm pooped. That was two days of radio straight. Uh, we'll be back Monday for another edition of big show, um, with Russick and Rose, uh, more, Stuff on the Flames game last night straight mm-hmm, ahead mm-hmm. with Patrick and Alex. I think we'll do we'll do we'll hear Mike Feud again because he was really good. Oh yeah, Feuds. Yeah, he had a lot to say about sure. Calgary's Love goaltending and such. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the weekend. Try to stay warm and uh, go Flames. Talk to you Monday. Bye. <laughs> Bye.